Welcome to episode 76 of Crack the Customer Code, the podcast all about how to deliver great experiences and exceptional service to your customers. I'm Jeannie Walters, and I'm extraordinarily happy to be here with my exceptional co-host, Adam Toporek. Adam, how are you? I'm feeling exceptional, Jeannie. How are you? <laughs> always. You're always feeling exceptional. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. As long as it's in your eyes, nothing else matters. <laughs> That's how we roll here. <laughs> so we have a really, really interesting conversation to bring to our listeners today. And I'm really excited to get there because there's a lot around entrepreneurship and leadership and some topics that we don't spend a ton of time here, but have a huge impact on the entire experience throughout an organization. So I can't wait to get to that. But before we do, I believe you have a message for us. I do want to bring game-changing customer service training to your team. CTS Service Solutions offers a half-day in-person workshop designed to motivate and educate your customer-facing team members. Using energy, excitement, and interaction, our workshop helps frontline teams embrace a customer-centric outlook. Then, using principles from our book, Be Your Customer's Hero, gives them the skills and confidence they need to handle any service interaction. Don't leave your frontline team hanging. Give them the training they deserve. Learn more at CustomersHeroWorkshop.com. That is CustomersHeroWorkshop.com. And if you would like to reach our specialized audience of customer service and customer experience leaders by being a show sponsor, we would love for you to do that. Go to CrackTheCustomerCode.com slash sponsor for full details. So Adam, I think we can agree we like to think of this show as a way for us to coach and mentor our listeners but today we have one of the foremost mentors in the business, Aaron Walker, who has built his business really around this idea of mentorship and using his vast experience leading several different organizations from age 13, right? <laughs> which is pretty remarkable. Well, yeah, I think Aaron's got a great story. And not only does he have a great story, but his the principles he uses in coaching and mentoring, he really did a good job of applying those principles to business settings, and which is our wheelhouse, and talking about frontline teams and how people can apply the things that he teaches in a business setting. And he's got such a deep and rich entrepreneurship background that I, you know, he really walks his talk. And I love the things he shared in this interview. I, I do too. And it's full of passion and energy. So we can't wait to bring it to you today. Aaron Walker is without question a veteran entrepreneur starting his first business at 18 and selling to a fortune 500 company nine short years later demonstrates Aaron's passion for success. Unwilling to rest on past success alone, Aaron started, bought, and sold eight successful companies over the past 36 years. Having a strong desire for personal development has kept Aaron in a weekly mastermind group for more than a decade with Dave Ramsey, Dan Miller, Ken Abraham, and seven other notable Nashvillians. <laughs> Aaron has enjoyed a 35-year marriage with his beautiful wife, Robin. Today, Aaron spends the majority of his time helping men grow in success and significance as president and founder of View from the Top, a premier life and business coaching resource. Well, welcome, Aaron. We are so happy to have you here today. How are you doing? Thanks, Adam. I'm doing great. Jeannie, you're doing well yourself, I presume. I am. We're so excited to have you with us. Thank, Thank you. 
Man, what an honor it is to be on your show. Thank you for having me today. Well, honor to have you. And let's just jump right in. So, Aaron, you have been an entrepreneur for over 35 years. So tell us a bit about your background and what brought you to where you are today. Yeah, I appreciate you asking that. I started early at 13 years old, working in a local pawn shop in Nashville, Tennessee at 18 years old. Absolutely fell in love with that business. And Adam, we didn't have any money as a family. My dad was a horrible business person. He was a great man. He just wasn't a good business person. <laughs> so we uh, we came uh, from a very humble beginning. And I met a couple of guys that had a lot of money, though, here in Nashville, Tennessee. And I approached them one day and said, why don't we take my experience? They said, how much experience could you have at 18 years old? I said, well, I've been doing this five years now and I really enjoy it. Uh, gotten out of school and I want to go forward and open my own pawn shop. So I went to them and made a proposal to partner with them. And we did. And it was very successful right out of the gate. God really blessed our business. And it was just phenomenal at how well it did. I got married two weeks out of high school. That was pretty early, I know. So Robin and I have been married almost 36 years now. Wow. And congratulations on that. Thank you. We decided to do something a little bit different. And so we started pouring the money back into the business rather than increasing our lifestyle. So we had two little girls a couple of years later. We went and bought our second store after our first one was paid for. We were able to pay for it in less than four years. And we felt that was quite an accomplishment for us. And so we bought our second store and we repeated that four times until I was 27 years old. A Fortune 500 company, their name is Cash America. They're in Fort Worth, Texas. They came to Nashville, wanted to be here, made me an offer I couldn't refuse. And so I was done at 27 years old. I completely retired and I hung it up. And I thought that was a great decision until I found out later I became extremely bored. Uh, I didn't have any purpose. There was no meaning. There was no reason for me to get up and everybody says, oh, that would be awesome. And, and it is awesome <laughs> for a little while. For but, a week, right? <laughs> yeah. But the point is, it's you got to have a reason to get up. And so I really was, I became very bored, quite honestly, and very depressed. I was getting in the bed in the middle of the day. And my wife said, you got to do something. You got to get a job. You got to go back to work, start another company. I don't care, but you got to do something. And so I did. Went back, bought the company I started with when I was young. We built it very successful over the next 10 years. And then in 2001, uh, Adam and Jeannie, something very tragic happened to me. I hit and killed a pedestrian that was crossing the street, uh, catching a bus. He didn't look my way. And I decided for the second time uh, to retire and completely quit. And I did at 40 years old. And it took me about five years to kind of work through that and uh, get my feet back under me. And we went in the construction business. We built a very successful construction company over the next eight years. We became number one, three consecutive years here in Middle Tennessee, building high-end residence and small commercial. And then I turned 50 years old, another milestone, and I retired forever in a day, I thought. And I've got good friends in my mastermind group, Dave Ramsey and Dan Miller and Ken Abraham, some of those names you may or may not recognize. But we mastermind together for years and years, and Dave and I have been friends for 20 years, and Dan and I have for as long. And they said, you can't just sit on the front porch and rock yourself to sleep. I mean, you've (laughs) got to do something. And I said, any suggestions? And they said, you need to coach. And I said, I'm not coaching anybody. Man, I'm done. I put in my time. I put in my 30 plus years. I'm finished. And Dave Ramsey invited me to do entree leadership 
mastery series. And he said, I'll gift it to you, which I thought was a pretty cool gift. That was about mm-hmm. a $10,000 present. So I went and did that, loved it. Dan Miller invited me to do Innovate, and I loved that. And he texted me on my way home that night. We all live here in Nashville. And he texted me and he said, Aaron, he said, those guys around you were listening to your stories. And I said, well, I'm just a good storyteller. And he said, no, you've got something to say. And you need to talk and teach and show these guys how they can do it too. So that birthed View from the Top. And now I get to coach guys nationally and internationally, and I lead mastermind groups. And quite honestly, Adam and Jeannie, I'm having more fun probably today than all of the businesses I've ever owned combined. So I get to help ordinary men become extraordinary. Well, you sound wow. like you're having fun. I was just about to say, I can hear the smile in your voice as you say <laughs> well, it. It's pretty it's awesome. It's fun. It's just so cool to see the transformations happen in people's lives and be able to help them kind of bypass some of the obstacles that were before me. And so I love sales. I love being in sales. I love to crack the code, if you will. And so it is just an awesome experience. Well, it, it sounds awesome the way you describe it. And You know, we know that coaching and mentoring, it's a big part of what good managers do. And it's it's what makes somebody a leader rather than a manager. Right. That's one of the things that we hear. And a lot of our listeners manage customer facing teams. And so I'm curious, what are some of the principles you use as a coach and mentor that you think could help leaders better manage these types of teams? Mm -hmm. Well, that's a great question. You know, uh, some of the things that I do, not necessarily from a coach or a mentor standpoint, but just general applicable things that we can do when we're leading a team. And I always put a lot of effort into this when I was leading my teams. One is to really encourage teamwork first of all. And we even did exercises that revolved around that where we would pair up in the the team. We would place people together and kind of do contests, you know, because guys are real competitive anyway. And so we would form teamworks in even small teams, two and three people. And then we would have contests in our sales. But it just kind of encouraged people to work together rather than apart. Another thing that we would really do is things that would really boost the morale because there is nothing worse than having a sales team that the morale is very, very low. And it's proven statistically that if you have teams that have high morale, they'll always outperform one with low morale. And so I would suggest strongly that you do those two things. First and foremost, encourage the teamwork, boost morale. But another process that we used to do was uh, make our process more efficient. And there's nothing worse than having a process that you would go through that would be antiquated. And so you just want to be sure that when you're in sales that you have a system that doesn't necessarily require someone else's permission. Give people the liberty. Give them the freedom. Give them the framework that they can do business And you know as well as I do, and I can't stand this. I go to car lots, you know, and to buy a car, and the salesman's waiting on you, make an offer, and they say, oh, I've got to get this guy involved, and then i got to get this guy involved. (laughs) Now we got to get the manager's Mm -hmm. manager involved. I'm like, good night. Can somebody not make a decision? (laughs) So just be sure that your processes are really intact. And then the other thing is, is the leader, you know, first of all, I would suggest that the team leader really educate themselves, really become familiar with the process by which you're working with and the things or the widgets or the customer service that you're providing. And this will instill confidence 
to your team for the future. Paint a picture. I mean, vision cast, be able to dream a little bit for your team. And they can't often see it. But mm -hmm. I'm a creator developer. I love to cast the vision. And so if you do that, oftentimes it will build confidence uh, in your team. I love the term vision cast. I'm going to start using that in my vocabulary. That's fantastic. I want that on well, a t-shirt. Give, give me credit for it twice, and then after that, you can get it. <laughs> always, always credit where credit is due. And then it just becomes everybody's. That's the problem with go. nowadays, right? It's just <laughs> exactly right. Well, you know, it's interesting. You're talking about you know customer teams and morale and empowerment. Really, was what you were describing there. You know, with the car, the car scenario. And one of the things we talk about customer service and frontline teams, and a lot of those team members are often younger and they don't have a lot of experience on the job. And I think there's a tendency with managers to not want to empower them because they don't have that experience on the job. And then I think there's the you know, the reaction to that from the frontline employee, and they feel like they've really been hamstrung. And I don't think frontline employees, especially younger ones, really know how to handle these dynamics. So what advice would you give someone who's in an entry-level job or earlier in their career, you know, to, to succeed and to do well? Yeah, I think the place that is the most dangerous for these guys is they're ill-equipped. And I think that we need to spend a lot of time equipping that person, educating them, because the person that's going to be the best salesperson is the person that's the most informed. And I know oftentimes when I'll go buy a product, if I go buy something, say electronic, for example, and I go in and I ask the salesperson, well, tell me the difference between A and B. Well, this one's nicer. It's bigger. And I'm like, well, okay, is that it? This was $1,000 more than this one. But when you go in and the guy goes, you know what, the uh, the DPI is this, the resolution is this. If it's a TV we're looking at, there's this many channels and you can get high def this. If they go in and not talk over my head, but I know they know what they're talking about, the sale is you're building confidence in the person. And once you sell yourself, once you show that you're competent and capable of being able to demonstrate what the functions are of that product, whatever it is, or the service that you're providing. There's another dynamic, though, Adam, that we're dealing with, quite honestly, is oftentimes the manager doesn't want the person under them to excel. And I hate to admit that, but it's the truth because they feel their job's in jeopardy. Good point. You, you got to have somebody that's very confident in the position that they're in and they want you to do well. I used to tell people, I want you to want my job, right? Because if you want my job, then that means you're willing to do the work that you've got to put into it. So I would just say, if you want to excel as a young person in whatever you're doing, become the guy that's the most informed. And if you do that, I promise you, you'll excel at that position. Great points. Great points. And speaking of kind of younger folks here, we've talked a lot about millennials on this show and especially this year marked when there are more millennials in workplaces than uh, baby boomers. So it's really, it's, it's a really interesting time. And I'm curious in your experience, how do you feel they are different or or maybe not than boomers and Gen Xers. Have you seen any overall yeah. differences working with younger entrepreneurs? Y'all got some great questions. I don't know who came up with these <laughs> questions, but <they're, clears throat> you're really posing some great questions. I think that the thing that I've seen most 
um, recently with millennials is that they're quite interested more in time than they are in money. And I've seen this over and over and over. And I'm not necessarily saying one is better than the other one. Greg McCowan wrote a great book called Essentialism. And I think the millennials are really buying into this book because in the book, Greg talks about how to get the non-essentials out of your life and focus on the vital few things that are really important. And I think those guys, more than any generation, is taking that to heart because we can't be proficient at 15 things. And these guys are understanding that past experiences have taught them that you can be an inch deep and a mile wide. But these guys are really niching down. They're focusing on two or three things, and they're becoming an inch wide, but a mile deep. And so I'm really admiring uh, the tenacity of these folks and their ability to focus more. And before, I know in my generation, you know, there was like, I got to do this. I got to do that. And there's so many things I want to be good at. And it's exhausting, quite honestly. And so my hat is off really to the millennials in that regard. Now, I've built them up and I've told them some things that are really good. Now, I've got to <laughs> reprimand just a little bit. The other side of that is, is that they haven't learned to delay gratification. I think that we live in such a microwave society that they want it now. And they're used to it now. It's like when you pull up at Wendy's and you order your food, and if they don't have it in 11 seconds, it's like, what in the world are they doing in there? <laughs> and I think they're so used to this microwave society. I know earlier I was telling you a little bit about my journey. And when Robin and I decided to build our business, we said, as Dave Ramsey says, I want to live like no one else today. So tomorrow I can live like no one else. And we've done that. And we've been able to build some residual income as a result of it because I was willing to prolong the gratification until a later time. And I would just encourage them to keep up the mindset that they have with this intentionality and their focus, but learn to delay gratification to a point to where they have a really solid base. And if you do that, you'll probably keep it longer and use it longer than you would if you bought it kind of on a whim, if you will. Mm -hmm. I, I think there are some really interesting tools out there just for that purpose. Um, and they're really targeted for millennials on delaying that gratification and uh, things around even credit card spending and using apps to make you wait 24 hours before an online purchase and things like that. <laughs> so you really have to think about it. Uh, I, so I think they're responding in in a great way too, because they're creating things to kind of help people understand uh -huh. what these longer term either rewards or consequences can be. The thing is, is I'm really admiring of these young guys and young ladies is that I feel like their focus is turning more back towards relationships and for a period of time, I feel like we forgot that. And there's some meaningful things now that they want out of life. And it's not just tangible possessions. And I even teach when I'm coaching that happiness is a choice, not a trait. And I think they're getting that more and more than past generations is they're learning to experience that they can elect to be happy and they can be content in their present situation, but not be complacent. And I encourage people on a daily basis, listen, really enjoy the now. Enjoy this conversation. Don't be thinking about later and what I'm going to accomplish. But let's really get into this conversation. And I think those young guys are getting that. And we're seeing it more and more and more. So kudos to you guys. Keep doing what you're doing. Just learn to delay the gratification a little bit more. Then you'll have the whole package. 
<laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> and I think that's actually a great segue into what I wanted to talk to you about, because one of the other traits I think that comes from the instant gratification is the ability to get easily discouraged. Yeah. And we were talking about frontline teams and, you know, Jeannie and I, I deal with customer service, customer experience, and, you know, you have tough customers, you have unresolved service issues that just don't get fixed. And I've seen in my own training that they really can weigh on employees and it can really affect them. And I know, you know, with your coaching and your mentoring, you're a master at motivation. So what advice do you give? not just to young people, but to everybody, the people that work on the front lines that have to deal with the ups and downs of service, you know, the ups and downs of service and the ups and downs of life. What advice do you give for uh, accepting that challenge and embracing it? Yeah. Well, first of all, you've got to recognize nothing is going to be ideal. Nothing is perfect. We live in an imperfect world and nothing is going to be ideal is the first thing I would do. Discouragement is a very tough thing to deal with. And oftentimes the reason we even have discouragement is because we don't have a plan. And I know this applies to life as well as dealing with unresolved uh, issues related to service with customers. But if they know the process by which to go through, that goes back to equipping the people again. Here's the process by which we work through training. I owned an office building here locally, and I leased one of the spaces to Chick-fil-A. And Chick-fil-A would come in our conference room. They would bring all their new employees every month, and they would train them for days. They would go over and over. It's no accident when you pull through Chick-fil-A and they go, it's our pleasure to serve you. That, those kids are not just making that up on their own. <laughs> and they know that menu backwards and forwards and everything is the same. The napkin goes in, then the mints, then the fork, then the you know, it, the, the sandwich. It, it's a process. So there's less discouragement because they have a process. It's the same way with our life. You mentioned the word motivation a while ago. And I just want to caution you against motivation because motivation is an exhaustible resource and it only lasts for so long but will what will outlast that is a very detailed scripted plan it's like every day i know that i've got to do these things i'm coaching guys right now and they have an excel spreadsheet and they say today i've got to do this this and this and there's like nine things every day they do those mundane tasks and if you will do them repetitively and they're tiring i admit i like don't even want to do it myself sometimes but people give up all too quick and as a result of that uh they don't you know achieve the success or the goal that they're looking for so the discouragement comes most of the time because we don't know what we want we don't have a plan that we can refer back to so i would just say in life or business have a well-scripted plan as to how to handle those customers that are difficult or have a plan to uh, handle situations that come up in life. And it's just we don't spend enough time being proactive. We live our life being reactive. Well, tra yeah. Training and systems. You are talking our uh, language. That's really <laughs> that's really what that plan is when, you, when it comes down to business and frontline uh -huh. employees. That's, mm -hmm. that's perfect. Well, and I just want to, you reminded me that you know, I'm a parent. I have two boys and my 11 year old is kind of facing new rules and homework around middle school. And one of the conversations I've been having with him lately is instead of thinking about the homework you have to do, think about the outcome you want and right. why the homework is tied to that. And so it's a, it's a totally different mindset for him. And, uh, it's been, it's been interesting to kind of have that journey with him and figure out mm -hmm. how can I really get him to connect that this is not just mundane, busy work when it feels like that sometimes. So you hit on that exactly. 
Yeah, your uh, son may be too young for, uh, he is too young for what I'm going to say, but your listeners could do it. Carol Dweck wrote a really good book called Mindset. Mm-hmm. And she helps you understand the difference between a growth and a fixed mindset. And so for salespeople, we absolutely need a growth mindset. So if I could uh, maybe throw a book out there to read, uh, Carol Dweck's book on mindset is excellent. Excellent. We'll make sure to add that to the show notes. Great. Great. Well, this was fantastic. And I think we all got a lot out of this. You have such a unique and powerful story. And I'm curious if you can share with us where people can find you on the internet. Yeah, sure. I've got a little gift, if you don't mind, Jeannie, before Please. I go away. I would like to give your audience, there are three documents that I use on a daily basis. One of them is called a personal assessment. And I wrote this document several years ago. And it really dives into you as an individual, your identity and your ideals, your relationships, your faith, your family, your career. It just really asks pointed questions to kind of get you thinking towards uh, who you are as an individual. The second thing I mentioned earlier also is what do I want? There's a 30 page, excuse me, a 30 question document, not 30 pages. I wouldn't want to do it if it was 30 pages, a 30 question document. And it allows you to live your life proactively. A lot of people say, you know, I understand now who I am. I understand what I want, but I don't know the next process to go to. And I wrote Steps to a Productive Day. And it Mm -hmm. starts us out at the very early stages of our day, early in the mornings, and a very regimented, methodical system to go through. And then it walks you through your entire day. And it's done in a Word document where you can keep up with it on your computer. You can track your progress. I want to give those to your audience. I've taken the price off of them, so it's just going to be a gift. I built a page you can go to. It's viewfromthetop.com forward slash C-T-C-C. And I bet you guys know what that is. (laughs) The customer code. So go there and uh, download these documents and hopefully it'll help be a catalyst to uh, make you more successful. Well, that's very generous of you. I'm sure our listeners will appreciate it. We really appreciate it. And there's lots of good stuff. So I hope everybody takes advantage of that. Yeah, viewfromthetop.com is to answer your question earlier where they can find me. We have mastermind groups called Iron Sharpens Iron where I facilitate groups every day and we talk about this very topics. I have the community and I have people all over the world joining this platform to get resources, to get accountability, uh, to uh, be able to foster these goals that we're talking about. And then I do one-on-one coaching. So if you're interested in checking me out, viewfromthetop.com. Awesome. I, it doesn't sound like you're retiring again anytime soon. Yeah. <laughs> no, what I said, she said, what in the world are you doing? You're working more now than you've ever worked. I thought you've retired. I said, well, I did, but I'll retire again someday. You're having too much fun. You can't. I am. I am. Thank y'all a lot, man. Adam, I appreciate it. Jeannie, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you for having me on Crack the Customer Code. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you so much. Take care. Okay, we hope you enjoyed episode 76 of Crack the Customer Code. You can see the show notes for this and all of our episodes, as well as subscribe and send us feedback at crackthecustomercode.com. And I'm Jeannie Walters, and I love feedback, so give us feedback. (laughs) (laughs) And don't forget to sign up for customer experience webinars at cxwebinar.com and learn more about how to understand all your customer touch points at 360connects.com. And I'm Adam Tabork. You can connect with me and find out more about our customer service workshops and training at customersatstick.com. Until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers. All right, we can...
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.